Hi everyone, I'm Sky Ross and this is Motherness, a podcast dedicated to sharing mindful and empowering interviews with mothers and experts. Together, we're shining a light on the realness of raising babies and life postpartum, from the first moments to the months following and the years beyond. Motherness serves to hold space for mothers in all their glory, to inform you, to include you, to empower you and to connect you. And despite our different experiences, opinions and approaches, as mothers who love, we are grounded in this together. I'm a firm believer that vulnerability is one of the greatest markers of strength, and today's guest embodies that to a T. Shani is a beautiful mother of one who I've recently become friends with, and today she graciously takes us back to her entry to motherhood for the very first time. In this episode, Shani talks about her feeding journey and transitioning to formula when her daughter was one month old. Stories about formula are so often marked by the challenges with breastfeeding that led to it. So while we acknowledge Shani's difficulties as her daughter struggled to gain weight, we also wanted to talk about the positives and what she loved about formula feeding her daughter. She also shares with flawless transparency about her physical and emotional journey with a uterine prolapse and the anxiety that was triggered as a result. Experiences that are a familiar reality to many mothers but so often not talked about. So thank you Shani for sharing so beautifully. Here's Shani and I talking all things motherhood with a few laughs along the way. Hi Shani, welcome to Motherness. Do you want to just start by introducing yourself? Tell us a little bit about who you are, where you live and who you are a mother to. Hello, yes, thank you so much for having me. I am Shani. I'm 26 years old and I live with my little family in Auckland and I am a mother to Harper who is 18 and a half months old now. Perfect. Cool. Um, well, let's start by talking about your birth with Harper so we can have a little bit of context to your fourth trimester. So how did labor go and how did her birth eventuate? Yeah, so Harper was, well, I was induced for Harper. She was measuring big. Um, I think I my OB said that she was looking like she was going to be a nine pounder. She was most definitely not. She came out seven pound 11. <laughs> so like bang on average. Um, so anyway, I, he gave me the option to be induced and I decided to go with it. I had always said to him, you know, I'm here with you because I trust you. So, you know, what you think is best, I'm just going to go with. So we went into hospital the day before my due date and he induced me with the gel and it it kicked in straight away, but it was, they weren't contractions as such. It was more like period cramps and they ended up being really close together and Harper's heart rate started going quite up and down. And so they tried to then calm the contractions down because obviously her heart rate and I, my cervix was just rock hard. Nothing was happening down there. So I ended up staying in overnight so they could monitor Harper, monitor me and try to, yeah, get the contractions gone essentially. Um, so they ended up, yeah, I didn't have any contractions overnight. I had actually a really good sleep, um, which was good. Dave was able to stay with me in hospital, which was nice. And in the morning, Philip, my OB, came in and he broke my waters, which was very interesting. It's almost like he used a knitting needle. And yeah, it's weird, hey? 
yeah, just like popped my whatever he pops. Um, and then it felt like I had peed myself. It was a very weird feeling. Um, and I think at about 10 a.m. he then took me up to the birthing suite. He put me on the hormone drip and that pretty much kicked in within 30 minutes. And I went from, I'm good, this is okay, to I think I'm fucking dying. <laughs> <laughs> and he had said to me, you know, you, I have a um, private anaesthetist in the hospital, so if you do want to get an epidural, you need to let me know because he's leaving at 12 to go up north for ho- on a holiday because it was a Friday or Saturday, I think. Um, and I said, okay, yeah, cool, cool, cool. At 11.45, I was like, get me an epidural right now. <laughs> um, and he called him, and the guy had left the hospital but thank God he turned around and he came back to hospital and shoved that beautiful needle into my back. It was honestly the best thing. I, yeah, I was so chatty after that. It was like nothing was even happening. And I think I, I skipped a little bit. So when I went from like zero to a hundred really quick, the midwife that was looking after me, she told me, oh, hun, you're not even in proper labor yet. I was like, are you kidding me? If this isn't proper labor, I don't really want to know what is. Um, and I kind of had a feeling that I was, I, was definitely on my way but obviously being my first baby I had no idea and I was just like okay if you you say so um and she wasn't actually able to check me she had to wait for my um OB to get back and he had a couple of people in the hospital at the same time as me so he then popped in after I'd had my epidural and he was like okay I'll check how long how far along you are and he was like oh you're 10 centimeters you should have been pushing a while ago (laughs) Oh my goodness. So did you then get the epidural like potentially when you were like almost fully dilated? I think so. Yeah. Like if I have, I feel like I have quite a high pain threshold. Obviously I have no idea. I didn't know what labor was going to be like and being induced was quite intense going really quickly. Um, but I also don't have a natural labor to compare it to. Um, but I, I, I definitely think I probably didn't need the like you know I was I was far enough to just have this baby but I mean I needed the epidural it was amazing (laughs) um and then Harper was in a perfect position up until the very last minute and she decided to flip up and be posterior so at the same time I also started leaking meconium and my OB was a little bit worried about that obviously he didn't want Harper to inhale that And so he gave me 30 minutes to push her out um, or else I was needing to go to theatre. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to get this baby out. Um, And so I, every time I'd push her out because she was facing the wrong way, she'd get sucked back in essentially. Um, So he decided to use a Von Trust to twist her slightly so that when I did push her out, she was able to stay out. And so when once he used that, I did one more push and then half of her head came out and they said, okay, you need to stop pushing, which at the time felt like the worst thing and the most unnatural thing to do in that situation. But I'm very thankful because I ended up not tearing, which I was terrified about as well. Um, and then once I'd sat there for what felt like 15 minutes, <laughs> I was able to push the rest of her out and then 
yeah, picked her up and she came straight up onto my chest. And there was also at the same time a paediatrician in the room that um, my OB had called in just in case there were some complications with the meconium that she had inhaled, but she seemed to have been totally fine, which was wonderful. Yeah, amazing. And so did you get to have her on you skin to skin for quite a while or did the paediatrician want to kind of check her over and then bring her back? As soon as Harper came out and was crying and seemed fine, the paediatrician left straight away. Um, so I got her skin, I got her on my skin straight away and she stayed there for, oh, I'm not even sure how long, for a decent while, um, until Phil then wanted to take her and check her over. Yeah, nice. And so did you guys want to do things like delayed cord clamping and did you try have a first breastfeed at that point? Yeah, so we had talked to my OB about delayed cord clamping. Um, His view on it was that there wasn't a lot of research around it at the time, but he was happy to do, you know, what we decided we wanted. And so Dave, for some reason, was really big on it, which was cool. Um, I didn't mind either way. And so we did have a slight delayed cord clamping. I'm not sure how long. And then... um, and then yeah Phil let Dave know when to cut the cord and then Phil took baby checked her over and then she came back to me for yeah a breastfeed and my midwife helped with that and she latched on straight away which was really good I remember the same time that she was on my boob Dave was squeezing you know those baby food squeezy packets with like banana and apple and (laughs) I think I hadn't eaten all day so he was like feeding me while I was attempting to breastfeed this the human that had just come out of me. <laughs> yeah, it's funny what the partner first resorts to. Like they just get into that, like, what can I do to like help kind of mode, you know? And it's like, oh, I'll yeah. feed her and give her a drink. <laughs> Please. <laughs> they must feel so helpless, right? Like, yeah, totally. Um, and so how were you feeling initially once she was born? Were you feeling relieved? Did you have that oxytocin high and that love rush or was it all feeling just a little bit strange um I felt really relieved because I was obviously the whole meconium and her inhaling it and whatnot um so I felt relieved I don't remember a massive rush of oxytocin or you know love I remember being so glad that she was there and just so glad that she was healthy um, and just also just so amazed. Like I remember sitting there and being like, holy shit, I just gave birth to a child. You almost feel like superwoman in that moment, right? Yeah, totally. Um, and so how were those next, you know, couple of days, the first 48 hours, did you guys go to birth care? And if you did, how was that experience? Yeah, so we went straight to birth care after a couple of hours and I loved it there. It was amazing. Just having the midwives so close and, you know, there if you needed them was so comforting. And I think it was exactly what I needed in that moment. I was on edge about everything at that point, you know, I was checking her to make sure she was breathing every two seconds and she had a bit of mucus and I thought, you know, she was choking and dying and I was like calling the midwife bell and um, it was amazing. And I do just remember there was zero sleep happening. Um, Harper was cluster feeding pretty much the whole time we were there. I also had visitors pretty much straight away, which I did find a little bit hard as well. I guess you're just trying to get used to this new baby of yours and this new um, situation that you're in and also having other people there 
yeah, I just found it a little bit difficult, that aspect that aspect of it. But um, Dave was amazing in birth care. He would take Harper off for a walk, you know, for two to three hours sometimes, just around the block in, in the birth care suite. And I would sleep, for, yeah, get a three-hour sleep, which was so, 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 so nice. Yeah, amazing. And how were you feeling physically in your body in those first few days? Um, you said you didn't have any cheering, which is amazing. But how are you feeling otherwise with like, I guess, no longer feeling, no longer being pregnant and, you know, your milk coming in and all of those sorts of things? I, I actually felt really good post-birth. Um, you know, I was able to pee straight away with no issues. I was expecting you know, people talk about the stinging and having to use water bottles. I <laughs> probably too much information, but I was able to poop, I think maybe even the next day with no issues, um, which was really nice. I remember going to a physio class and so many of the women in there were complaining about sitting down and how painful it was. And so I just shut up like in the back. So I didn't want to be that one person that was like, I feel amazing. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I felt good. My milk coming in, that was, that was a little bit hard. I mean, my boobs went from normal to rock hard and, um, it was quite painful, but you know, we worked through that part of it and emotionally I felt quite good. I, I feel like birth care because there was so much support there. I felt really good. Almost felt like we we're in a little bubble and we we're away from the world for a bit. And how did your feeding journey kind of continue in those first few days while you were there? Did it um, seem quite easy and natural for you or did you kind of have to get quite a bit of support? Um, In those first few days, it seemed like it was going really well. Um, She was great at latching on, well, what I thought was great at latching on. The midwives would come in and be like, yeah, it looks really good. And at that point, you know, it's still quite new. So my nipples weren't sore. They were just, yeah, she was just feeding a lot, but I didn't mind that. Yeah. And so when you left birth care, what was that experience like? How did you guys feel taking this little baby home and leaving what is like I guess the cocoon of birth care and all of the support that's available to you there. Um, terrified. It was, I remember Dave was probably driving like 15 kilometers per hour the whole way home. And, um, I don't know if you've been to the birth care in Parnell, but there is road, like bumps in the road throughout that whole road. And Dave was just petrified of like upsetting this baby. And I remember she was screaming the whole car trip home. Um, which was hard, especially, you know, when your baby cries in those first few months, your automatic instinct is to be like, oh my God, what's wrong? How do I fix you? Um, but yeah, we got home and it just felt surreal. I remember just being like, what, what do we do now? Like, do we even know how to look after this little human? <laughs> yeah, it's frightening. Hey? It's like, I remember walking out of the hospital and being like, is somebody going to check that I'm qualified to be taking this human like in my care alone well me and Mark um and so how were you feeling emotionally did you kind of experience the baby blues or anything like that when your milk came in in those first couple of weeks yeah I got the baby blues quite bad I just felt you know sad all the time I actually found it really hard to bond with Harper at the start and I was so anxious all the time. I couldn't sleep because I was worried about her. I sometimes had to 
come into the spare room and sleep and leave Dave with baby for a few hours until she needed her next feed just to get some shut eye. And I remember texting um, a few other people that had become mums before me in my friend group and just asking, is this normal? And some of them were like, oh, no, we never had that, which made me feel quite isolated. But then there were um, one or two that, you know, said, yeah, that's totally normal. Just write it out. And if it carries on past, you know, the three-week mark, talk to somebody about it. But it did it did drop off. Yeah. And do you just attribute it to... I guess, a new experience and hormones or were there certain things in those first few weeks that were making, I guess, your anxiety a little bit worse and making things a harder adjustment? I think, I th- yeah, I do think it was just hormones and just the fact that, you know, my whole life had changed and I wasn't exactly sure how to do it. I suppose I'd also painted this picture in my head of how it was going to go and how it was going to feel. And so it was quite confronting when it was the complete opposite or when, you know, I felt the complete opposite to how I thought I was going to be. And so what, I guess, were those expectations of how you thought it was going to be and then how were you actually feeling? Um, I expected, you know, to be in this massive love bubble straight away for everything to come naturally. I'm the oldest of six, so I have been around babies quite a lot. And, you know, I just remember always wanting to be a mom. So I just assumed it was going to be the most amazing thing ever. And it, it definitely is, don't get me wrong, but it's also so hard. And I hadn't, I hadn't planned for that. So let's talk about your feeding journey because you ended up putting Harper on formula when she was one month. So can you just take us through, I guess, the weeks in the lead up um, once you left birth care and you kind of felt like she had a good latch and things were going really well. How did your breastfeeding journey unfold from there? Yeah, so we got home from birth care. She seemed to have a good latch from what I thought. Um, My midwife also thought it was going well. And, you know, I, she was feeding so often. So I'm like, surely she's getting milk then. Um, and then obviously the midwife comes every day and weighs her and she just wasn't putting on weight. She was losing weight. And, um, my midwife said after a few days, you know, if we can't get her weight to go the other way, we're going to have to look at, you know, supplementing or she might have a tongue tie. So she ended up sending me for a referral to go and get Harper's tongue looked at, um, and they thought that she had a tongue tie, so they ended up snipping that, which was heartbreaking. <laughs> Poor little girl. Um, and after that, it seemed like she was feeding really well again. Um, but then she just still continued to not put weight on, and I was already in such a fragile state. The fact that my child wasn't putting on weight, I just felt like it was heartbreaking, really. Like, you know, I just felt like a massive failure, and I was like, I just don't understand what I'm doing wrong. So I ended up putting her on formula just to supplement her breastfeeds and I also started pumping so that I knew she was getting it out of the bottle um and that went really well as soon as I started supplementing with formula she started putting on a little bit more weight um but because I was just so emotionally tapped out I suppose and just not in a good headspace formula seemed like the easiest thing to do or the best thing for us at that time um you know I was having to feed her put her back to bed and then stay up for another 45 minutes while I pumped so that I could then feed her as soon as she woke up again and so I ended up just gradually doing one more feed with formula until she was fully formula fed um 
In hindsight, I wish I had stuck it out a little bit longer. I still get mum guilts now when I think about it. Um, you know, everybody says fed is best and I totally agree with that, but I still, you know, I still do not regret my decision, but I still do wish I had tried that little bit harder, but I guess hindsight is a beautiful thing. <laughs> and I mean, she's happy and healthy and that's what matters. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, you and I were saying earlier today when the girls were at the park, like you can't actually, you wouldn't know that one baby's breastfed and one baby's formula fed. It doesn't make a difference. Um, But what sort of things do you think could have helped you better or could have encouraged your breastfeeding journey more? Do you think it's just things like confidence and like the knowledge that you now have? Or do you think that... um, you could have done with a little bit more support during that time? I definitely think confidence is a big one in it. You know, I wasn't confident in myself. I also I also do think as well, I just I wasn't knowledgeable. I didn't I didn't look into it enough. I didn't try to reach out to people. I spoke to my midwife a bit about it obviously, but I didn't reach out for help as such. Um I kind of kept it close to me and I didn't want people to know that I was struggling and in hindsight I wish that I had just reached out talked to more people gone and seen you know another lactation consultant got a second opinion um and just yeah figured my way through it day by day you know people often talk about the benefits of breastfeeding and there's no denying that they're are many of them but also I think what we fail to do is talk about the benefits of formula feeding so as a mum who has done both I'd love to know from you what are the parts that you loved about formula feeding yeah that made your experience of that an enjoyable one yeah so the one of the biggest perks I suppose or highlights of formula feeding was the fact that Dave got to feed Harper quite often as well so he got that bonding time with her and I think he really enjoyed that and that was really nice to see um we went into parenthood 50 50 and we were like you know we're gonna do everything 50 50 and that was really nice because when she was waking four times a night I only had to get up two out of those four times because Dave would get up to do the other two um I you know, I was, I was able to feed her anywhere really quickly, really easily. I mean, the bird was a lot more quicker and easier, but um, yes, also knowing that she was getting food, like I could tell how much she was drinking. I was able to monitor it, especially she had, <laughs> she had a really bad bout of gastro when she was a lot younger and knowing that she was being hydrated and getting, I could, you know, monitor how much she was getting in was really, really helpful. Yeah, and do you feel like that kind of contributed to the easing of the anxiety that you initially felt as well? Like knowing that, yeah, you had some control over it or at least some awareness of how much she was getting and that you weren't having the stress of her not gaining weight anymore? Definitely. Like it definitely put my mind at ease because I was like, hey, she's had a good amount today and she had a good amount yesterday and we're on the right track. So, yeah, I definitely think that was a big factor in it. Yeah, amazing. Um, and what parts of formula feeding have you found the hardest? Um, I think the judgment that there is around it. I, you know, I told tell a few of my friends that aren't mums yet um, that I had switched to formula, and they'd be like, "Oh, really? Why is that? Like, that's not very good, isn't it?" It's just like, <laughs> gosh, that's you know, so isn't it? Yeah, they just have this assumption, I suppose, that breastfeeding is really easy and it's natural and everybody does it. 
But yeah, I guess once you, if you haven't been in the situation, you don't know actually how difficult it can be for some people. So that's a thing that I found the hardest was, you know, sometimes I would feel embarrassed, I suppose, or yeah, judged that I was formula feeding my baby. It's that mom guilt again. It's bloody real. <laughs> it is so bloody real and it comes up and rears its ugly head in so many situations. Yeah, um, it does. And I think it also is what, pressures a lot of women to continue breastfeeding when it is incredibly difficult as well. But it's nice to hear, I think, that, you know, you had a really positive experience with it, even though you still have those feelings of guilt about it now, that there were positives for you. And I think that's really important to talk about. Yeah, definitely. So let's talk about friends. You know, you've kind of mentioned that you had a couple of friends who didn't have babies who unknowingly put a little bit of judgment on you as one of the first of your friends to have a baby how have you found that experience of having friends in your life who aren't in the same season as you um so my closest friends you know my best friends have been amazing they cooked me food they just came over when I needed somebody to sit with me they were here when Dave went back to work because I was petrified of being by myself with little one um and then there were other friends that have just completely fallen off the face of the earth which is totally fine you know we're in completely different seasons of life as you said and some people were just they just don't really understand I suppose what you're going through um so the, the one that I did find really hard was, I suppose, the comparison. You know, I'd see them out on a Friday and Saturday night or I'd see them at festivals and I'd be like, oh, <laughs> my life is so different now. And it's not that I wanted to be there, but I guess it's, you know, I, having the option to be there. Um, but my girls were so lovely. Like, they'd invite me to everything, you know. New Year's, they're like, do you want to come to High Life? And I'm like, would have loved to, babe, but I've got a baby. <laughs> oh my gosh I so get that (laughs) (laughs) so they make me feel really included still yeah I'm really lucky in that aspect I think it's just you know I'm always well not anymore but I was really aware I suppose of the difference in our lives and I suppose there was some aspect of fear of missing out and you know comparing lives and thinking oh did I do enough before I had Harper and have I done enough living and I 100% have done enough living you know um we I'm still living now but you know what I mean (laughs) have I partied enough (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) and also the friends that have dropped out of my life it's probably for the better you know or maybe we'll connect down the track a bit when once they've started having babies and yeah yeah I totally get that I think you know, until you've had a baby. I mean, I was, I don't know about you, but this happened to me that you are there for people, but you don't really realize exactly what it's like until you have a baby of your own. And you realize that all the mothers that have come before you, how much you just weren't quite able to resonate with what they were going through because you hadn't experienced it yourself. But that's the beauty of the continuity of motherhood. Like we just as we each become mothers, we learn how to support other mothers better. And as the first of your really good friends, you'll then be that person to help carry them through and support them, which is a really nice thing. So, you know, they people do say that it takes a village. So who or what have been your greatest sources of support since having Harper? 
So Harper's Godmother has literally been my lifeline through this. Um, I actually met her through Dave and she has two children of her own and they're a bit older than Harper. So that I think that I'm going to get this completely wrong, but I'm going to say 14 and 12. Um, and she was just there for everything, you know, when I needed help with breastfeeding or I just needed her to come over and hold Harper while I had a shower. Um, yeah, she's been amazing from the very, she was there when I gave birth, you know, she slept on the hospital floor when I had to stay the night in beforehand. She's just been there through everything, which has been amazing. And I'm slightly embarrassed. I didn't say this first Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) He's been great. I mean, no, yeah, he, he has been amazing from the start. He's been so involved and he always wants to help and, you know, he's always, it's, it's a hundred percent 50, 50, which has been so nice. Um, and we're on the same page when it comes to parenting and decisions. And, you know, he's always there for me. He's always making sure I have time to myself and yeah, it's, he's just been so great. And then also just my girlfriends, they've been, you know, amazing. They're amazing with Harper. They were amazing at the very start. Um, and for, people who don't have their own children yet, I was really surprised, I suppose, at how amazing they were. It was it was so nice. Um, and then also I'm really close with my grandparents, so they, they've been great as well. They're up in Whangarei, so they don't see us as often as they would like to, but they're like Harper's grandparents, well, I suppose great-grandparents, um, and they just love her so much, and it's so beautiful to see, and she's so lucky that she has, you know, her grandparents and her great-grandparents still around. Yeah, that's amazing. So let's take it back, I guess, to those really early days. You know, having a newborn for a relationship is an adjustment, I think, for everybody. Um, so how was it for your relationship? What did you guys find really beautiful about the experience as a couple and what did you find challenging yeah so at the start we were just completely on the same page and so it was really nice seeing how well we could work together you know um just Dave getting up and feeding Harper in the middle of the night multiple times and changing nappies and it just felt like we were such a good team and so that aspect of it was so good and then you know a few months on life that became normal you know and we definitely had our struggles um we struggled to spend time you know quality time together and I've always said to Dave if we're good then Harper will be good but I can't say that we put into practice, like, you know, we don't put us before her. It's, it's always been her first. Um, and so that's something that we're still working on. I guess we don't have that quality time that we used to have. Um, and we still love each other just as much as we did pre baby, but it just, it's a lot of work to try to keep your relationship in a really good place. And so I am really proud of us for doing that. You know, it's been, a year and a half and we're still going strong we haven't killed each other yet (laughs) (laughs) let's talk about your physical recovery kind of how things eventuated for you because you you know you said things are feeling really good when you're at birth care um you didn't have any stitches 
And CrossFit is a big part of your lives, both you and Dave's. So can you just talk us through when you return to exercise and kind of how things changed in terms of your physical recovery when you went back? Yeah, of course. Dave and I actually met at CrossFit, which is slightly oh my embarrassing. Gosh, huge. <laughs> Don't say that. Don't worry, Mark and I met at work. <laughs> <laughs> at least it's like a normal place. I feel like, you know, ooh, CrossFit. <laughs> just like all the um, endorphins and everything just connected you in the sweat. <laughs> so gross. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, yeah, so... I was crossfitting up until the day before Harper was born. Um, and my OB had said, that's totally fine. You know, that's what you were doing before you got pregnant. So if you keep it up, it's probably really good for you during this pregnancy. And I think that did it attribute to how well my birth went. Um, anyway, and then, yeah, I had Harper. I was feeling really good. And I, I think it was two or three weeks after I'd had her, um, my midwife, said, you know, you probably can get into a little bit of light exercise. And I also saw my OB who was like, yeah, 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 sounds good. You know, you're not peeing your pants when you cough or sneeze. You don't have any bulging feelings downstairs, you know, you, you're good to go. Um, so then I went back to a few classes a week. I mean, I was I went back at a very low impact or no impact at all and slowly built up. Um, and then a few months after I'd been back, or maybe even two months, sorry, after I'd been back, I had done a workout on a Saturday morning. I got home and I went to the bathroom and I was like, holy shit, am I about to give birth to another baby? Because this is probably too much information, but there was pretty much this bulge coming out of my vagina. And I was like, I had never heard of a prolapse before, right? So I had no idea what was going on. I called my obstetrician and this massive freak out. And he said, oh, just really casually, sounds like a prolapse. Um, call your doctor. <laughs> okay. Nice. I mean, in a nicer way. Yeah, in a nicer yeah, yeah. way, he said that. Um, <laughs> and so I called my doctor and she said, yeah. I th yeah, it was a Saturday, so nothing's really open. She said, yeah, it does sound like a prolapse. Um, so when you lie down, does it go away? So I'm literally lying on my bed with my hand up there, checking if this bulge goes away when I'm lying down. And yeah, it does. So she goes, oh, yeah, definitely a prolapse. Um, come and see me on Monday and then I can give you a referral to a physiotherapist. So I went to a physiotherapist, I think it was a Tuesday after I'd seen the doctor, um, and she said to me, oh, it's not too bad, I probably wouldn't even grade it. And I'm like, how would? how is it not too bad when there's literally, you know, this bulge coming out of me? Um, so she just said, do your Kegels, you'll be okay. I was in and out of there so quickly, and I just didn't feel like it was very thorough, like I needed a little bit more. So I ended up seeing another physiotherapist who was amazing and um, she diagnosed me with a stage three uterine prolapse. Which is like, is that like the stage one is not, like yeah. stage zero is not so bad and stage three is the most extreme. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. And the first physio said not even bad that she'd, gra oh yeah, wow. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure if I'd done something in between the time seeing them or if the other lady had just not really seen, I suppose. I have no idea. Um, and so oh, it felt, you know, I'd never heard of it before. I didn't think it was very common. 
um, I suppose I was almost embarrassed. I didn't want to tell anybody. Um, and I worked on physio and nothing seemed to help it. So I was seeing my physio every second week, I think, and she'd say, oh, yeah, no, you haven't really made progress. I'm like, wonderful. Um, so I ended up getting fitted for a pessary, which essentially is medical grade silicone, and it looks like a ring, and you squeeze it, shove it up your vagina, and it acts as a pelvic floor, so it holds all of your organs, I guess, in place where they should be. Um because the only symptom that I really had was that bulging feeling, which is really hard when you're holding your baby all day, every day, and there's that pressure on your tummy. Um, so once I had that fitted, it was amazing, and um, Caitlin Day did that for me. I highly recommend her. She, you've spoken to her, haven't you? Yeah, Maybe. she was the physio that I interviewed. Yeah, That's right, yeah. She's amazing. Um, and I actually saw her again recently for a checkup and it's gotten a heap of a lot better, which is so nice. So I, I think it's just something that I'm going to have to learn to live with now. I don't think it will ever get back to the point of being normal or completely better, but it's definitely slowly getting better, which has been nice. I had to wear my pessary 24 seven for quite a few months and after seeing Caitlin I've taken it out and I haven't worn it for the last couple of weeks and I just wear it when I need to exercise um but after talking to a few people about it it's actually quite common yeah that made me feel a lot better and it made me feel like you know I should probably talk about this a little bit more so that whoever else this happens to doesn't feel like they're a complete weirdo how did it um like, did it affect your self-confidence when you were first diagnosed? Like, how were you feeling about it in yourself, I guess, like, emotionally? It definitely affected my confidence. I worried about it 24-7. You know, I was up Googling till 3 a.m. at nights about it. I, I just, you know, it felt like something was really wrong with me and it stopped me from doing things that made me feel like me. You know, I couldn't exercise properly. Um, I couldn't even hold my baby without the feeling coming on um, or the symptoms coming on, sorry. And I think mentally actually really did affect me and I suppose it also triggered my anxiety in a sense. I actually ended up having to see a, um, not a counsellor, like a, what are they called? Psychiatrist? Psychologist. Therapist. Psychologist, yeah. I saw my therapist. Um, and I've been seeing her for maybe six months now because I think that almost triggered anxiety. And then it sounds really weird saying it, but I was just so worried about something happening to Harper or something happening to me. And it started from then on. I think, you know, I just were worried about that all the time. And then worry just started to be normal for me. And... It was almost consuming Um, and it got to the point where that wasn't just what I was worrying about. I was, yeah, worrying about everything and anything and I couldn't think about anything else. Um, And so I ended up seeing a therapist and she's been amazing and I, you know, I wouldn't say that I have anxious feelings anymore. I mean, it took a long time to working with her to get over it, but um, yeah, it's really helped and 
Yeah, I think it's crazy how something physical can affect you so um, mentally. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I haven't experienced one myself, but I imagine, you know, it would affect things like intimacy in your relationship as well and how you feel about yourself and your body, which is already for most women or a lot of women compromised in at least the first year anyway. Um, So I think that's completely understandable. In terms of your anxiety, other than seeing the therapist, what sort of things have kind of helped you? Are there any kind of daily practices or things that you do to, I guess, help yourself when you're feeling anxious? Yeah, so I started meditating a little while ago, even just five minutes a day, and I found that that has helped me so much. Um, I also have a little journal that I keep next to my bed, and if I'm worrying about stuff at night time and I can't get to sleep, I'll just write it all down, and it'll feel like, you know, it's off my plate for now. I can just go to sleep, and if it's still an issue in the morning, then I'll tackle it then. Um, also just being open and honest with my friends and Dave. I'm somebody that holds things very close to me. Um, so, you know, being honest about how I am feeling, it almost felt like, you know, a weight was lifted off my shoulders. Um, so that was also one of the main things that helped me through it, I think, was just talking about it and just being honest with people and telling people how I felt and what was going on for me. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing that you can do that. Takes a lot of strength. How has your, I guess, recovery of anxiety, you know, with where you're at now and the fact that you don't have these anxious feelings so much anymore, how has that kind of changed you as a mother and how has it changed your relationship with Harper, I guess, for the better? Yeah, definitely. I just feel like I'm so much more relaxed and more present. Um, before, you know, I would worry 24 seven and I felt like it was the main thing on my mind. So I wasn't giving Harper a hundred percent of my attention because I was, my mind was elsewhere. Um, and so, yeah, I think I'm just more present, which I love, you know, it's what I really, it's, yeah, it's what I really want. You know, I, I didn't want to be a mom that was sitting there, but you know, not there for their kid, if you know what I mean. You know, sleep is something that is always a hot topic when it comes to newborns and babies, and I think particularly in terms of mental health, um, and it can really perpetuate things like anxiety. So how was Harper as a sleeper in the early days, and what has your approach to sleep been, I guess, for her, but also for your own sanity? Yeah, so in the early days, she was you know, classic newborn. She'd sleep so much during the day and she'd she'd still sleep at night time, but she would wake up those, I think it was four times at the start, um, throughout the night. And she was such a gassy baby as well. So she'd wake up, I'd feed her, and then it would literally sometimes take me two hours to burp her. She's asleep the whole time, right, while I'm trying to burp her. So then I'd put her back down and have to do the whole cycle again in another hour. Um, so those, yeah, that sleep de- deprivation at the start was really hard, but it almost felt like, you know, adrenaline got me through in those first few weeks. Um, and I, I did really struggle with the sleep part, but I just let Harper do what she wanted to do at the very start, you know, sleep on me during the day, sleep in the pram, 
sleep in the carrier. Um, and then a few times I would even pull her into my bed if she wasn't settling by herself overnight. Um, I was really conscious though of, you know, that would keep me awake. So I wasn't getting any sleep because I was really nervous about her being in the bed with us. Um, and then when she got a little bit older, oh, and also <laughs> we had this beautiful bassinet that she refused to sleep in. So she literally slept in the bugaboo until she moved to a cot. <laughs> oh, girlfriend, she, like, we didn't bought the bassinet and she doesn't even want it. It's always the way. We had the exact same thing. We had a bassinet that was gifted to us, but all she wanted to do was actually sleep in the Moses basket. So I had to find a stand for it. <laughs> I know, honestly, they just, how do they even tell the difference? I don't know. <laughs> oh, so funny. Um, and then when she got to about three months, I was like, yeah, I'm definitely going to look at a sleep program. I need some structure. I need some routine. And I knew that it was going to be, you know, a loose routine at that point until she was a little bit older, but I really wanted to start on something. It was almost for my own sanity, you know, like I knew, okay, she's going to nap now and I'm going to wake her up in two hours. Um, or whatever. And so I bought the little one sleep program and that just worked really, really well for us. I mean, Harper always slept more than what the um, guide said, but we, we followed it from, yeah, about 12 weeks, I think it was, maybe a little bit later, but um, we followed that very loosely for a couple of months. And then once she hit four months old, I decided to move her into her own bedroom, four or five months, somewhere around there anyway. Um, and then from there, we really stuck to the plan and she started, and then she started sleeping through, I think she was about six months old. Um, oh, and that was a life changer. <laughs> like, I mean, she definitely has some wild nights, um, you know, teething and all that fun stuff, but Overall, she's, I feel really bad saying it, but overall, she's a really good sleeper. Like, I'll put her down at 7, 7.30 and she'll sleep till 7.30. Um, and I did, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just feel like she really loves sleep and that routine really worked for her. Um, I know it's not going to work for everybody, but she really liked it. I really liked it. And it just gave us so much structure, you know, and I knew how I could plan my days. And it was probably annoying for so many people because I'd be like, sorry, I can't catch up with you then. I have between this time and this time and this time and this time only. <laughs> yeah, I totally get that. I was the same. I think though, especially with everything that you were going through, maybe having that structure was also quite nice because you had so many things happening that were out of your control that it was nice to have something reliable and something going really well as well. Yeah, definitely. You know, that was the one thing that I had control over, which was nice and it was going well. <laughs> I had good control over it. <laughs> yeah, amazing. So I guess I'd just like to know how you reflect back on your fourth trimester and I guess your entry to motherhood in general, I guess compared to um, how you maybe felt about it in the moment, how do you feel about it now? Yeah, I think when I look back, it's almost nostalgic, if you know what I mean. I look back on it really fondly. I, in the moment, you know, it was, it was really hard and I still remember it being really hard, but, um, it just goes so quickly and 
you know, I do wish that I had enjoyed it more and I'd just been, you know, more present and in the moment because I remember wishing that she would be older quicker. But, yeah, I mean, I look back and it was just such a special time, you know, they're so reliant on you at that age and it's so beautiful just how much they love you and, you know, you are their person. They don't really know anybody else at that point. Um, and you literally are their whole world. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to going through the newborn phase again. I'm probably going to regret saying that <laughs> um, with all the sleep and whatnot. But, um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it, I think, as well now that I know more and I feel like I have more knowledge around, you know, what happens and what to expect. I'm really looking forward to doing it a second time around, hopefully. So I just have one final question for you, and this is a question that I ask all of my guests. Despite all of the hard days that you've had, the anxious days, the days where you maybe doubted your self-confidence, um... I still think that even during those times, we're always being the kind of mother that we hope to be. Um, So my question for you, Shani, is what kind of mother do you hope to be and therefore what kind of mother are you? I know that you asked this question and I should have planned for it, but I really didn't. Um, I think the mother I'm hoping to be is – the daughter I hope to raise, you know, I want her to be kind and I want her to be accepting and I want to be present with her. Um, and I just want to teach her how to be a good person. So yeah, I think those are just all the things that I hope I am. I hope I'm kind and present and inclusive and I just want her to look at me and be like, you're my best friend. You know, I just want her to know that I'm there for her with absolutely anything and yeah I hope I'm just a good mom well I can definitely attest that you are it's a (laughs) beautiful answer thank you well thank you so much for joining me on motherness it's been such a pleasure chatting to you and thank you so much for opening up about your journey over the past 18 months especially in those early days with everything you've been through physically and mentally I know lots of mums are really going to appreciate it Thank you so much for having me. It was so nice chatting to you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Motherness. For more empowering interviews like this one, check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. And if you liked today's episode, please subscribe and leave a review so more listeners can discover all that motherness has to offer. We are at motherness.podcast on Instagram and our DMs are always open if you need advice or would like to chat. I'm Sky Ross and you've been listening to Motherness.